Fleming preached to me. Praise the Lord. Amen. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Oh, let's just do that one more time here tonight. Bless the holy name of Jesus. Hallelujah. His name is great. He's greatly to be praised. Amen. The Bible said praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him on the instruments and organs. Hallelujah. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. We'll let you be seated for a moment. Welcome to visitors here tonight. We're so glad that everybody's here. Thank you for coming to church. Praise God. I know you won't regret it because when we come to the house of the Lord and we get to meet with him, good things happen in the house of God. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, funny little story is told about the service had gone a while and still hadn't uh, received the offering. And in the pew, a little girl leaned over to her mom. She said, Mom, if we give him the money now, will he let us go home? <laughs> well, folks, it's too late. <laughs> you already gave the offering, and we still haven't let you go home. <laughs> because God still has something to do in this house. Amen? Amen. And you know what? I've never been in a service that I felt was too long. When the Lord is there, hallelujah, we want to linger in his presence. Praise God. Uh, one, one preacher said, well, now, if you feel like the service is getting too long and uh, you'd like this just stop now, would you say that in the middle of a heart surgery to your surgeon? <laughs> hey, this is going too long. I want you to just stop right now. Well, many times that's what's going on in a church service. God is doing something on a heart. Until God's done, we're not going to be done. Amen? I want God to have his way. Work on my heart all you need to tonight, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm just here to see what the Lord is going to do. And I believe he's going to do some good things. And uh, it's again my pleasure to be here. Uh, in, in just a few days, the Riggins will return. And I don't know how the church... Yeah, let's go ahead. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And I know uh, how this church has done it in the past. Brother, do you have a special welcome back uh, thing that you do for the pastor? <clears throat> well, it might be something to think about. Uh, they've been overseas for two, three weeks, and God has blessed. And uh, if, if somebody has a, you know, a plan, we could make it a special welcome back for your pastor and family. I think they would appreciate that. Amen. This is a church that appreciates its pastor. I, I do know that. Yeah. Amen. So let's, uh, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be working on that just a bit. Yes, we will. Amen. And I want to say how much I appreciate the ministry team that is here, that uh, Pastor Regan has conferred on them the, uh, the uh, job, keeping things going here. Uh, they do a great job. These young men, these are dedicated men, praying men. They're living the life. Amen. They're on the job. And uh, I appreciate them. Let's just give them a <laughs> Praise God. They're looking after this congregation and in this flock. And that's, that's a very important task, a spiritual task. Well, tonight we'll go to... The word of the Lord in Second Chronicles, the book of Second Chronicles, 
chapter 7. Some of you may already know what verse we'd be calling out next. 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14. Did somebody say that? Verse 14, powerful scripture. Amen. This is a praying church. New Life Pentecostal is a praying church. I've seen this church in action in the last uh, few days, and uh, thank God for a praying church. I'm going to say that again. Thank God for a praying church. I've been to the prayerless churches, and you don't want to go there. Because if a spirit of prayer does not prevail in a church, there will be some spirit that will prevail. And uh, it won't be the kind of spirit that you would want. It could be a spirit of, that allows temptation. It could be a spirit of carnality. Thank God for a church where the spirit of prayer prevails. Hallelujah. It keeps that other stuff out there where it belongs. Amen. It, it uh, divides between the church and the world. And the scripture says in 2 Chronicles chapter, four, chapter 7, verse 14, very simply, If my people, that's us right here, which are called by my name, and that name is Jesus, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I want to see that happen, don't you? Amen. I want to see somebody come here and find forgiveness for their sin. Hallelujah. I want to see someone come here and find an answer from heaven for their life because God has it to give. Amen. I want to see healing take place right here in this house. Let's just lift our hands to the Lord. Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, we magnify the King of kings and the Lord of all lords. God, you are worthy. Lord, you are wonderful. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, thank you that you're the God who hears prayer. You said if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I believe you for that tonight, Lord God. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Amen. Turn to someone and tell them, God hears prayer, and you can be seated tonight. Praise God. I came to the Lord through the prayer room. Amen. I came into the church of the living God in an atmosphere of prayer, and I can't live without it. Amen. I need to be where people are calling upon the name of the Lord. It's prayer from the time we walk in the building. And come in here and kneel before an altar. It's prayer during a service. Amen. It's prayer at the end. Hallelujah. It's prayer in our homes. It's prayer on the streets. It's prayer on the job. If you're in school, hey, you can pray in school. Amen. There ain't any devil can stop you. Amen. There's nobody in that administration can stop you from opening your mouth and calling upon the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Prayer is in order. God created us with the ability to communicate with him. And he loves to hear the voice of his church. Oh, he said in the book of Song of Solomon, he said, Oh, my dove, let me hear your voice. For sweet is your voice 
In the ears of the Lord, our prayer comes up as a, as a sweet sound and a sweet-smelling savor, the Bible said, before the presence of the Lord. What a privilege to be able to call upon the name of Jesus. And he said, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. I'll do it. I wouldn't want to live without that prayer and that promise, would you? Thank God. Thank God. The Bible tells me in 1 Timothy 2, verse 1, I exhort therefore that first of all, if you want to know what's first on the list, supplications and prayers and intercessions. Amen. Calling upon the name of the Lord is life's priority. Amen. I said it's our priority. It's number one on the list. When you write down your to-do list tomorrow, you know what we can put on the top of that list? We, every one of us needs to put prayer right up there. Amen. Because a day without prayer, <laughs> it's not, it's not going to be where it needs to be. And seven days without prayer makes one week. <laughs> W-E-A-K. It can make us weak. And Bible says that we ought always to pray and not to faint. They, not to grow weak, not to fizzle out, not to falter, not to flop, not to fall aside, to fall away, but to pray in faith. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. My first service after I received the Holy Ghost. The man that won me to the Lord, he said, uh, we're not going upstairs when we come to church tonight. We'll go downstairs. I was new. I tell you, I was clueless and uh, <clears throat> in more ways than one. And I, I assumed, well, that means we're going to have church downstairs. Well, that's where church started. Downstairs in the basement of that building, as we walked down those stairs and the lights grew dim, I began to hear people calling out upon the Lord. Amen, amen. I expected a church service. It was a prayer service. That's why those church services had the life and the breath of God upon them the way they did is because somewhere before that service ever opened, somewhere before that first note was played on the organ or on the piano, somebody was calling upon the Lord. Amen. I remember walking into that prayer room for the first time, just personal testimony time here. And stepping over people, people laying out on the floor down there. There was the men's area. And, and in that dim lighting, I was concerned I was going to step on somebody. Oh, but you could just feel the power of God. It was more than what you heard. It was more than what you could tell. You had to feel it. God was moving in that place. People were groaning in prayer, calling out upon the Lord, weeping in prayer. And, oh, I, I appreciated that prayer room from that night on. I saw miracles happen right there. There was one night, I'll just tell one, one example. One night, the Spirit of God began to move in that prayer room. People didn't want to leave there and go up to the service. And uh, as the service was starting upstairs and the Spirit of God was moving downstairs, it's as though God opened the curtains to the throne room of heaven. And one young man said, as that happened, he looked and he saw as though God was leaning forward on his throne saying, what do you need? And when God says that, he has the power to answer it. And that young man knew a family that was new in the, in the area. 
And uh, there was a Bible study going on in that home. And it was a difficult situation because the wife in the Bible study, uh, she was hungry for God. She'd been to church a couple of times. Her husband, he didn't want anything to do with it. He didn't want anything to do with those tongue talkers, those worshipers over there on the other side of the tracks where that little church was. But this young man just looked up there, and he saw that throne room open. He said, you know what I want? I want to see Jack come tonight and get the Holy Ghost. Now, you're talking about needing some faith because Jack had been abusing his wife. He had been forbidding her, her to come to church, let alone him come to church. And those curtains closed in the spirit, and uh, everybody was called up into that service. And as they began to worship God, that little church just began to rock. I'm sure you've been in services like that. It's, it's almost like that building shakes, like it did in the book of Acts. The place was shaken. People were worshiping. People were running the aisles. Amen. If you look close, you might have seen somebody hanging from the chandeliers. <laughs> Praise God. And as the Spirit of God was moving, that young man looked around. And guess who walked in the back doors of that church? Jack, the, this lady's husband, with a look on his face. He didn't seem to want to be there. Well, nobody would have been surprised by that. But he walked up and sat on the end of a pew near the back as he could get because it was, it was a packed house that Sunday night. And as the Spirit of God was moving, that expression changed on his face. And in a little while, there was some preaching. And that man began to grip the back of that pew. But God was dealing with him. God had heard a prayer. And when that altar call was made, no, Jack didn't, didn't walk to the altar. He ran to the altar. He fell upon his face and cried out to God. And guess what happened that night for Jack? God filled him with the Holy Ghost. Woo, hallelujah. He rose from that altar speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. He asked his wife to forgive him. He became faithful to the church. Amen. He got in on the Bible study. He and her and their whole family serve God still today. Amen. God is a good God. He hears prayer. First of all prayer, if my people which are called by my name. Amen. This is the people shall humble themselves and pray. Seek my face. God said, I'll hear from heaven. I'll do it. Amen. Amen. There are things that happen in prayer that don't happen any other way. It just isn't going to happen any other way. On the day of Pentecost, they took it seriously that prayer was the first thing to happen. There they were in that upper room. How long did they pray? At least a week, huh? Day in, day out. hundred and how many up in that upper room? 120, right? They were calling upon the name of the Lord. Oh, and God will respond to heartfelt prayer. Amen. I believe in perseverance. Yeah, perseverance is important. I would never fault anybody for that. But passion along with that perseverance gets a hold of the throne of God, gets hold of the hem of his garment, and things begin to happen. And as they cried out to the Lord, the Bible says suddenly a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. 
Hallelujah. I feel some of that wind here tonight. And it's not that air conditioner running either. It's a wind from another world. It's a wind from heaven that's blowing through this place. The Spirit of God is moving in this in response to our prayer and to our worship. God is here. Hallelujah. Amen. And cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each of them. And you know what happened. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. God has a plan for His church. If my people, amen, will humble themselves and pray, there's going to be exciting things happen. Amen, because our God is still a miracle worker today. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. There's a, there's a well-known pastor who used to preach about prayer from Kansas, I believe he was. And he used to talk about the dry desert of a prayerless life. How many people are resigned to just the humdrum of everyday life? not knowing what awaits them if they would simply humble themselves and pray. Amen. God will do mighty things. Hallelujah. Daily our life becomes more like a river flowing than a dry desert. More like God moving the way He desires to move. We can either hinder the move of God through our lack of or we can invite the move of God in our life. I know what I want. Amen. I want that river flowing. Amen. I want to remove every obstacle and let the Spirit of the Lord move in my life. Hallelujah. I don't want to live in a desert. I want to drink of that living water. Praise God. Praise God. Little church down in Texas. And uh, people have been very faithful there. It was a small group. And uh, the new pastor came to town. And they'd had so many pastors, he discovered that they'd come and gone and come and gone and come and gone. It was sad to, to tell the story that the congregation could not remember all the names of the pastors that had come and gone. And, uh, and so that church had suffered greatly as a result of that. And so when that new pastor came to town, he observed that it was not the pattern to come to church and pray. It was the pattern to come to church and talk. Not to God, but to each other. Visit and cut up and probably gossip a little bit, you know. And it's just the way it works. If the spirit of, prevail doesn't, spirit of prayer doesn't prevail, something else is going to take its place. And uh, thank God that, that prayer is what happens right here before church. That's what this altar is here for before church. That's why this sanctuary is open half hour before church starts. Amen. This is where it starts, right here. And he found that uh, there were two prayer rooms, one on each side of the platform, that, that just weren't being used. And his first few days there, he went back there to see what was in there and there's storage rooms. And he noticed a bench in each one of them. Now, some of you may be maybe remember what they called the mourner's benches. Remember those, Sister Hilton? Mourner's benches. Um, and there were a couple of mourner's benches, one on each side, one on the lady's side, one on the men's side. 
And uh, they called them mourner's benches because people would come and use those as an altar and pray and cry out to God, and they would leave tear stains on those altars. So as the, uh, as the new pastor began to look at those, they, they looked, they were well-made, but they were obviously not from a factory somewhere. And uh, he pulled them out and said, well, let's put one on each side, and maybe, maybe people start to use these. And as he pulled it out, he flipped it over, and on the underneath side, it was signed in pencil by the carpenter, C.P. Kilgore, 1952. C.P. Kilgore, some of you know, was a man who was, he, he saw many towns receive revival on the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in his day. He was a great man of faith. And his pattern was to go into a small town, into an area, and uh, he would start just by praying. He would just come into, if there was already a church building there, he would come in and just make it his job to pray. That was his work that he did. And he, during his hours uh, in, in, the, in that town, he, would, he was a carpenter and he would build those benches in various towns and he would leave them there. But first he would inaugurate those benches himself. He would kneel and cry out to God at those mourners' benches. And there had been great revival in that small town. Let me tell you what happened. When prayer was placed in its right position again first, when those mourners' benches were brought out and people began to pray, God began to move. Amen. That little group of people in just a few months, they saw at least eight or ten receive the Holy Ghost. And that little church had been so dead. It had been so dry. And it had been so long that they'd almost given up hope that God could ever move again in their midst. But oh, if my people which are called by my name, if they'll humble themselves and pray, there's a God who hears from heaven. Amen. He's a God who sits high, but he looks low. He's simply looking for the humble. Hallelujah. Those that are contrite, those will call upon his name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. What would happen if somebody gave themselves to prayer? Psalm 109, verse 4. Can we see that up on the screen, please? Up on the, from the projector overhead. David wrote something in the book of Psalms about prayer. And he said, for my love, they are my adversaries. But the way he responded to adversity, the way he responded to everything... He said, but I give myself unto prayer. I give myself unto prayer. Now, there are times that we feel the need to pray specially. But when we're talking about someone giving themselves to prayer, it would be more than just their hour a day. It would be more than a couple hours a day. But it would be a period of time. Amen. Not just one day, but a, a, a period of time, just a season of prayer. Something can happen not only to us in a season of prayer, maybe days, maybe even weeks, where there's just a special effort, a special focus upon prayer. God can do mighty things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There was an a, a elderly minister, and this is recorded in his biography, 
that for years he, he successfully, faithfully pastored a church. But as he grew older, he passed on the reins to uh, the next man who was going to pastor the church. But he remained uh, on the pews there as a saint in that church. And he told the young man who, who took over the pastorship there, he said, I'll take the midnight shift from here on. I still want to be a blessing in this church. And what he meant by that was he would pray through the night. He would take an eight-hour shift every night, that man, and he would pray. He gave himself to prayer. And until the day that he died, he took the midnight shift. There was a man who saw the power of prayer. He saw the importance of prayer. And you know, there are modern-day men that do the same thing. I know an elder minister. When you walk in that church, he's passed on the reins to the next man, very capable man. Amen. And there's revival in that church. There's a spirit in that church that's really, you can't even describe it. When you walk in that church, it's just a flow. There's just a move. Amen. It's not hard to worship. It's easy to worship. It's it's easy to pray people through in that altar, amen, because there's a spirit of prayer that prevails there. And that elder minister, he's still there. He's on the job. And uh, he doesn't boast, but he said, I'm not going to leave the house in the morning until I pray at least my two hours, till I've called upon the Lord and I've broken through. And he said, I, and I found the spirit of God in my life. He said, it's not going to happen from here till whenever. I'm going to make that my job. I'm going to make that my plan. Prayer is the priority. What would happen if somebody gave themselves to prayer? As, as that man said there in the book of Psalms, God would do mighty things. Amen. And that church I'm telling you about back in Colorado, I am I'm certain that today they prayed somebody through to the Holy Ghost. Today somebody was baptized in Jesus' name in, in a Sunday service. That's how powerfully the Spirit of God moves. And it's because of prayer. Amen. It's simply because somebody fell to their knees, called upon God, wept some tears. Praise God. Praise God. God it simply invites us. God simply opens the door. Amen. I'm not near done here tonight. I hope you're not done yet. Are you with me? Amen. Can we worship the Lord here for a moment? Hallelujah. God, oh God, we thank you, Lord, that you hear. Lord, that your ear is attentive to our cry. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Oh, revival is here. It is the last days. Amen. The Spirit of God is moving. He's poured out his Spirit upon all flesh. Oh, we heard it again Friday night, brother. That man stood and he said, revival is here. Revival is not something we're waiting for, amen? We just want to see what dimension God will give revival, and it depends on our response. Woo, hallelujah. We know revival has arrived. We are in the end time. We don't know how much time we have. Woo, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That dimension of revival, I'm talking about God drawing souls and people receiving the Holy Ghost is connected to our revival of prayer. And if I could title this anything tonight, I might as well put that title on it, A Revival of Prayer. 
a revival of prayer. Amen, amen. God has many people in this city, and he is dealing with people. Brother Merriman, we, we saw a couple come this morning. Are they here tonight? I didn't see them. Hallelujah. They, it's not coincidence that they ended up right here. You and I know that. Amen. They came to the house of God. They saw the name on the Internet. Uh, they were looking for a Pentecostal church. Am I correct, brother? Who knows how many Pentecostal churches have websites on the Internet? I don't know. But they came to this church. Amen. And we felt the power of God here this morning. God was moving in this service. Hallelujah. Prayer. First of all, prayer. Praise God. Praise God. And you don't have to have been in the church a long time to find that place of prayer. Amen. One young saint of God, just a babe in Christ, got, got the inspiration that, that prayer was, was going to bring something to pass in the church that he was a part of. He was apparently just zealous. And, uh, and this really happened. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm telling things best I can from from what's told to me. And he began to linger after church on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. You know, after the Spirit of God moves in a service, it's easy to pray. He simply took advantage of that. And uh, he came to church, and then as everybody else was leaving, he would just stay at the altar, and he would pray, and he would seek God. And he began to read some things in the Bible and began to believe that, well, if it happened back then, you know, in the book of Acts, wonder if it could happen now. And, and this particular portion of Scripture that he began to pray about was in Acts chapter 8 where Philip went down to the city of Samaria. It began to preach Christ unto them. Has anybody read that? And as he began to preach, the Bible says God began to do miraculous things. Spirits came out of people crying with loud voice. Those that were lame began to walk. And those that were crying out to God, they were all baptized in that city. It just looks like the whole city came and said, Dunk us. <laughs> Put us under in Jesus' name. There was revival in a city where they had never heard this message before. Guess what? There's people in this city that have never heard this message before. That's simply revival waiting to happen is what that is. And as Philip began to minister there... Peter and John came down, laid hands on them that they might receive the Holy Ghost, all those that had been baptized, and God poured out the Holy Ghost. So this young man gave himself to a season of prayer. Night after night there, after the services, other times, he would go to the church and pray, God, could you bring that to pass here, right here in my town, right here in my church? And he got to envisioning this. He got to seeing it happen right at that altar that he was praying at. And as he prayed and prayed, it took a number of weeks. But an evangelist came. Young man kind of pictured maybe he would be the one, since he's the one that prayed, that would, you know, he'd be the one that laid hands on the people and they'd fall out and, you know, the Holy Ghost would fall and people would be healed. Well, Nice thought. But he was the prayer warrior. He was the one that was watering. And when that evangelist came, God just opened it up. That evangelist would take that bottle of oil, and it happened just like it did in the book of Acts. 
he would lay hands on people, and, and as they described, they'd fall like cordwood. <laughs> people would go down and come up healed. People that came and just hungry for God, God would fill them with the Holy Ghost. They kept that baptistry busy. Amen. Putting them down in the water in Jesus' name. Coming up free from sin. Hallelujah. Just like it happened in the book of Acts. Oh, hallelujah. God hears prayer. God hears the cry of somebody who simply hungers and desires the revival that he wants to send in the last day. What dimension will we allow God to move in in 2014? God, open our understanding. God, open our minds. Hallelujah. 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 We call upon you, Lord. Oh, God, this Acts 2.38 message. Lord, there's power in that message. Oh, God, we desire to see many come to you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. In that little town, people would drive into that town because that young man wasn't the only one praying there. There, was, there were just prayer warriors that just labored in prayer. And time and again, they would hear the report. Somebody would drive in the town and say, I felt something when I drove into the city limits of this town. I felt a drawing. I felt a desire. I felt an urgency to reach out to God. And God wants to give revival. Amen. Amen. New Life Pentecostal is a praying church. But there are other dimensions we can go into. Oh, yeah. We're not where we could get just yet. There's more. Amen. God had not put a lid on it just yet and said, Oh, you're as close to me as I want you to get. You had as much as, as you can have. Oh, there's more. There's more. There's more. Oh, by faith, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then will I hear from heaven, God said. Isaiah 66, verse 8. Brother, would you place that up on the overhead for us? There's a certain realm of prayer that the Bible talks about. And Isaiah 66 simply says this, Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. How's it happen? We don't know what, how God is working. We haven't seen it. How can God bring forth a, a, a holy nation in, in just once, in just an instant? How can God bring a new soul into that doors, into those doors back there? And suddenly they're born again of water and of the Spirit in just one evening. Their entire direction in life. He can do it if Zion travails. Amen. That's how he can do it. When Zion falls on her knees and cries out to God and weeps tears and calls unto God and travails in prayer, something begins to happen. Oh, you can feel it in the Spirit. That kind of prayer requires effort. That, that dimension of prayer can, can actually drain a person physically as they begin to travail in the spirit. But that's what's needed. Amen. Hey, prayer warriors, 
Calling all prayer warriors. Amen. Calling all prayer warriors. Maybe in the middle of the night, God calls you into prayer. But when Zion travails, children are going to be brought forth. Amen. It may be an odd hour of the day that you hear that call to prayer. Oh, my, hit those knees in Jesus' name because God has something he wants to do. God has something he desires to do. Right here in this service tonight, God wants to do something. Amen. We haven't come to the end of this service yet. Spirit of God is moving right here. Hallelujah. Oh, let's just enter an attitude of prayer here for just a moment or two. Oh, God. Oh, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The story is, is written uh, and, and told for truth that in a little town, pastor uh, came to the church that he pastored one, one day and saw a man sitting on front steps of the church and his head down and uh, on his, lap, and his knees there and the pastor was concerned. He asked him, are, are you okay? And when the man lifted his head, uh, obviously he'd been weeping and he asked, are you okay? And the man said, yeah, I'm fine. And it turns out the man was passing through town. He's a man of God and he felt such a emptiness in that town that he stopped and sat on the front steps of that church and he told that pastor he said I just I just wondered if anybody had ever wept over this city over the souls in this city and so he stopped and took some time out of his schedule just to weep travail for the souls in that city amen first of all prayer and then God begins to move and do things. I'm real familiar with a little group of uh, college students. This happened years ago. That uh, They came to God. It was a revival in a little town in Colorado. And uh, among that revival, the, those in that revival, uh, were some college students. And boy, they were they zealous. Man, when they got in, they got in. They were the aisle runners. They were the wall climbers. <laughs> They were the, the holy rollers. That church got the, the uh, reputation of being a holy roller church partly because of those college students. They just had that energy and that zeal. And uh, they would go out and invite people to church. Great revival came because of the zeal there, but there was something behind the scenes. And many times that's how prayer is. You know, the prayer warriors are not the ones that stand before the congregation so often. They're the ones that are they're bowing their heads. They're the ones that are on their knees somewhere behind the picture, behind what's going on there. And that's the way uh, it was happening in this situation. Those college students would have prayer meetings in, in one of their apartments. And one night they just said, you know what, let's do something different. Let's go up on the side of this mountain here. And as they drove up there, they decided, let's have a prayer meeting right here. Got out of the 
out of their cars. And it happened to be that where they picked, you could see this, the lights of that city that night. They started having a prayer meeting. And they prayed over that city. It's almost like that scripture we read the other day where Jesus, when he topped up over that hill, he began to weep over Jerusalem. They wept over that city that night, that little group of students. And it seemed like from that time forth, something broke. Amen. Something began to happen in that city. Revival. Hallelujah. It opened up into another dimension. Oh, yeah, people been receiving the Holy Ghost, but not like happened after that. And they told the story of how God showed them that he was going to pour out his spirit. And there would be a great church that would be born in that city. It came to pass. Amen. Our God is not slack concerning his promises. Amen. If he gives you a promise in prayer, it's going to come to pass. Just keep right on praying. Just keep right on calling upon God. Hallelujah. God will come through. Question is, will we come through? Question is not what will God do. Question is, what will we do that God can respond to? Hallelujah. It's just part of God's plan. Thank God that we can be part of God's plan. Hallelujah. And he will send the strength to pray happened in the scripture. Angels came and ministered to Jesus Christ in that garden. He said to his disciples, could you not watch with me one hour? Amen. And as he cried out and travailed in prayer and sweat as it were drops of blood, the Bible says those angels had to strengthen him. Oh, there'll be times, oh yes there will, when we need strength beyond our strength and God, he will provide that. Because the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. God hears that fervent prayer. Amen. God hears that effectual prayer. Those that put prayer first, those that put prayer and passion with it, God's going to honor that prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. There are too many times we can read about. And you've heard probably more testimonies of prayer than I have. But here's, here's one that you can read in the history books. Back in the 1700s, there's a man named David Brainerd. Has anybody read any of his history? He was a man who was not healthy. He was not well. But he had a burden. He had a passion. And I don't know what he believed, and I don't know what uh, he taught and preached, but he did believe in prayer. And uh, in his late 20s, uh, it was obvious he wasn't going to live very long. He was, he was uh, very ill, had periods of fever and he lived in the eastern part of the United States the North American Indian had not heard and responded to the gospel and Brainerd decided well what time I have left of my life I'm going to do my best to be a missionary to the Indians and it took him out into the wilds and into the wilderness and among uh, it was dangerous it was life-threatening many times but he talked about in his biography how one night He'd been preaching to the Indians, and 
And uh, it seemed like he wasn't making any headway. They were still worshiping their idols. They were still uh, uh, given over to sin. They hadn't, they hadn't turned back one bit from their sin. And uh, he went out into the snow. It was one of those winter nights. And he said the snow was about a foot deep all around him. And he just went to his knees right in the middle of the snowbank and began to pray and call upon God. Here was a man with a desire to see people come to God who were, were so far distant. And as he cried out that night, he lost track of time, he said. And when he came to, he said that snow, because of his effort and, and the heat of his body, that snow had been melted in a big circle there. And he said it was not any deeper than the first joint of his finger there. And he said, guess what? Those people responded after that prayer meeting. Amen. They were willing to leave their sin behind. They were willing to listen to what he had to say. And there came in that day a great revival among those that were out there, those North American Indians. And it was all attributed to a prayer meeting, intense prayer meeting. Oh, praise God. When Zion travails, when the effectual fervent prayer is prayed, there will come an answer from heaven. Oh, yeah, there's a God who desires to hear and to answer prayer. There's a God who wants to do something greater in Olathan than has ever been done before. There's a God who wants to fill the pews in this church right here, even more than we want to, even more than any individual here. He just needs some prayers to work with. He needs somebody who will be a, 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 one of those who travails in Zion, cries out unto the Lord, just gives himself to a season of prayer and see what God will do. What God will do. Mark 8, verse 29. Brother, if you could give us that scripture. And the scripture says this in the words of Jesus himself. When they came back to him, his disciples, and... Uh, they said that uh, they were struggling with the situation. He saith, did I give you the right scripture, Mark 8, verse 29? That's the scripture I said. <laughs> but that isn't the one I want. <laughs> so maybe it's 929. I, I got it wrong. But here's what it says. I'll paraphrase. It, it says, nothing but by prayer and fasting. There it is. Thank you, brother. This kind can come forth. By nothing, but by prayer and fasting. He was talking about spirits. He was talking about resistance and adversity. There are some things that can't be gotten beyond, but by prayer and fasting. You and I know that. Amen. This is a church that has heard the preaching of, of an elder named James Davis. And that man knew the power of prayer and fasting. Amen. I, I've heard him preach. And years ago, I'll never forget how he told in the early days of his preaching ministry, he would go to towns that were tough. They were, it was dead in those churches. And he told of one church he went to, and he said he didn't know what to do. And I'm just paraphrasing. I don't remember his exact words. But he said he just prayed till he couldn't pray anymore. And he fasted till he couldn't fast anymore. And the Spirit of God moved. He just prayed till he couldn't pray anymore. And he fasted right along with that. And guess what? It came forth. Amen. A revival came forth. Spirits moved to the side. 
Hallelujah. Those demons that were resisting the move of the Holy Ghost, those spirits that were defying the preaching of the Word of God, they had to move away. They had to move out. Amen. Because the Spirit of God is coming through. Nothing but by prayer and fasting. Whoo, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm excited about what God does when somebody will humble themselves with fasting. Put that together with some prayer. Amen. Maybe like a, a man called, they called him Praying Hyde. Some of you may have, may have heard of that man. Lived back in the late 1800s, early 1900s. He was a man who, who he was almost deaf. He couldn't hear very well. And uh, they couldn't find a place for him in a church in America. So he went to India. And there he saw the, uh, the heathenistic culture and the, the idol worship and the false gods. And it troubled him. And he didn't know what to do other than pray and fast. And he began to do just that. And as he began to pray and fast, he had a... a a way that he did it. He called it a 24-hour praying fast or fasting prayer. In other words, he would fast for 24 hours. He would pray during that time, around the clock, 24 hours. Just give himself to prayer for 24 hours and fasting in that time. Things began to happen. People began to listen to what he had to say. And he, when he went to preach... He didn't expect them to say, I believe in Jesus as my personal Savior either. He expected them to get baptized. He expected them to live the life when they came out of that water too. And there were men who went and they were amazed. What they couldn't get to happen in America was happening right there in India because a man was fasting and praying. And what was happening there is there were disciples. There were people who were not only coming to church and and, and being Christians on Sunday, but they were going out and they were being Christians the next day and the next day and the next day. They were living the life. It was changing the culture of the area that he was in from a Hindu culture to a Christian culture. Amen. I don't know if you know what's happening around us today in America, but it's, our culture is moving from a Christian-based culture into a heathen culture. That's what's happening. Amen. There's going to come a day, and it's already on its way, where to be a Christian is going to be a minority. Amen. To pray and to call upon the name of Jesus is going to be looked down upon. There was a day when that was honored. Amen. And, the, and it hadn't been that long ago. If you use the name of Jesus, people would honor that. Now it's not that way like it used to be. And it's still headed the wrong direction. But all of my people, which are called by my name, will pray and will fast and humbling themselves. God's going to hear from heaven. Amen. God's going to pour out his spirit. A revival of prayer will impact any culture, any nation, any people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because that's God's plan. And so John Hyde, they called him praying Hyde. Everywhere he went, he would baptize people. He would talk to them about the Lord Jesus, that new name to them. And uh, as his biography tells, it said that after he'd been there a couple of years, 
he covenanted with God. He said, God, if you would, I'll continue to pray and fast. I would like to baptize 400 people this year. And as that year went by, that's more than one a day, average, 365 days in a year. He saw 400 and more baptized that year. Amen. Not only that, they continued in the faith. The next year, he cried out, God, could you give me twice that? Could you give me 800 this year? Well, God's able. Amen. God is able. And that year, he saw 800 and more baptized. Amen. And, and people would come in amazement from America, and they say, these people are, it's for real. He's not just getting them wet. They're coming out there, and they're living right. And then as, as he continued his, his prayer and his fasting, his health, he was neglecting his health. And uh, that third year, he was crying out to God for four a day. Think about that. He wanted to reach four a day. And the first part of that year, God was doing it, and he was doing it. Amen. It was a, it was a commission like we talked about the other night. And, uh, but his health would just not endure that. And as he came back to the United States and uh, went to physicians there that could help him, they did the x-ray and said, what's going on in there? And uh, the doctor met with him. He said, are you aware of any chest pains, any pains in, your, in this area? He said, yeah, yeah. He says, well, here's what's happened. Your heart has moved to the other side of your chest. He said, the only thing that can cause that is agonizing uh, effort of some sort. What have you been doing? He had been praying. He had been praying. Nobody would recommend that anybody pray and destroy their health like that, okay? So that's not what's happening here tonight. Nobody's going to ask, ask you to do that. But that man's heart was moved, literally by his desire to see souls come to God. We know that it's not God's plan that we kill ourselves in prayer. Amen. He has other plans for than that. He needs us to witness to people. He needs us to labor in the harvest. Hallelujah. He needs us to be a, a living, vibrant part of the church. But the church moves forward only through prayer. I've said as probably as much as I need to say tonight. Could we stand together? The church moves forward. The church is, is on a spiritual journey. Amen. This, this isn't a physical kingdom that we're building here. Amen. This is not a physical kingdom that Jesus came to bring. It's not meat and drink, but it's righteousness and peace and joy. It's in the Holy Ghost. It's in the Holy Ghost. And if you're here tonight... Amen, and, and it's one of your first times here in church. Oh, you just don't know what good things are waiting for you when you become part of God's spiritual church. Amen, in the Old Testament, it was a physical thing. They, they were fighting physical battles, and they were killing physical enemies. In our day, it's spiritual, amen? We're not killing, we're not going out there on some kind of crusade with swords in our hands. Amen, but we are going to battle with a sword in our hands. 
Hallelujah. And we're battling against spirits and against attitudes. God gives us the victory. Hallelujah. And if we'll call upon the name of the Lord in prayer, there's going to be victory every step of the way. Praise God. As this church moves forward, God's mighty church of the end time, as this church moves into uh, the revival that he has for it, it's going to go there by prayer. It's going to go there by prayer. Let's pray just a moment here together. Lord, in the name of Jesus, there's power in prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. There's power to spare. Oh, all that you ever need, you're going to find it in that place of prayer. Prayer is where it's at. Prayer is the answer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I know it seems, it seems like that could, that's so simple. How could that be the answer? You don't know my problems. You don't know what I'm facing. <laughs> I do know a God who has the answer, and we'll find him in prayer. We'll find him when we seek him with the whole heart. Oh, our God will hear an answer from heaven. Thank the Lord, thank the Lord, and he's a prayer-answering God. He's a prayer-answering God. Amen, amen. That's right. As we fall to our knees, that's how this church moves forward. We move forward on our knees. A revival of prayer, a revival of prayer. Oh, we invite everybody to, to join in here tonight. There's something everybody here can do tonight, and that's talk to God. It's not complicated. It's just as simple as crying out to the Lord God from our hearts. I want him to hear the cry of my heart tonight. The God of heaven hears our cry. If we'll call upon him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. His church can move forward. His church can move forward. true your word is true your word is true the effectual fervent prayer of your people god it availeth much it availeth much oh god